Today we have two luminaries in internal audit. Uh, we have Al Garin, Managing Director, Audit Executive Advisory Services, and Jamie Shine, Corporate and IT Audit Manager. And both were nominated in the Internal Audit Beacon Awards. Uh, quite a great thing to be uh, joining you today. And I'm not only happy, but honored. Welcome, Jamie. Welcome, Al. Thank you so Thank much. You. I'm honored to be on the show. So uh, you have done a lot for the profession over the years, and of course, that is part of the reason why you were recognized. But uh, it's also great to hear from you as we're talking about uh, what's happening in the profession. And there are a number of different things I would like to run by you and get your insights. And our listeners will be very pleased to hear what you think about a couple of different things that I believe have been uh, percolating within the profession for a while and that we're in some cases struggling to achieve. So let's think of it from the perspective of uh, how do we go about achieving this? So the topic is building relationships. How do we do it? And what are some of the experiences you've had achieving that? So how about we start with you, Jenny? Well, building relationships, I think, is probably the most critical thing we do as internal auditors. When I came to my current role 11 years ago, my boss, our CAE, told me, I would rather you miss something in an audit than fail to build a relationship. And obviously, we strive never to miss anything in an audit. But if we don't have relationships with our audit clients, we're not going to be able to add value. We're not going to be successful. So some of the things that we do, we try to make sure that we're not just hitting people up when we're auditing them, because then it's very insincere. If I only talk to you when I need something from you, we don't have a real relationship. We try to make sure that we're going to baby showers. We're going to retirement parties. We're engaged in our organization. We're volunteering on committees. Every member of the internal audit group at Quick Trip volunteers on committees, and we make sure that we're building relationships throughout the organization. It can mean just dropping by somebody's desk or somebody's office to say hi in between audit cycles when maybe I don't have something I need from them, but I want to just check on them and see how they're doing, make sure that they understand that I'm sincere, that I really care about them. That's very important because sometimes we are so focused on the immediate project that we don't think mm -hmm. about the fact that there are going to be other exchanges with individuals. You mentioned several uh, social interactions, but also someone else may need to audit them or you yourself may need to go back and audit them later on for follow-up. So it is not just about the immediate project, but how you're going to also build a relationship so that the next interaction will be successful as well. So Al, what have your what are your experiences relation in relation to this topic of building relationships? Yeah, I mean, I love everything Jamie said. It was just so spot on. I mean, I believe that as a profession, historically, we've gotten so caught up on coming up with an audit plan, executing the audit. Um, and even more so with the volume of remote work that's occurred as a result of the pandemic, we're so focused on executing the plan. We're staring at, we're, we're basically, we're staring at the trees and the leaves and we lose sight of the forest. And, and in the end, you know, it's really all about the relationships. You know, I learned more as a CAE in the organizations that I had the opportunity to have that role by the conversations I had with people than by the audits we were doing. And it is those conversations that inform you on the culture, the engagement, the priorities. And you know you've arrived. I had this conversation with someone yesterday, and you you know you you've arrived as a CAE in your organization when the CEO or any of the C-suite individuals or a key leader in the organization shows up at your office, knocks, 
and says, if you got a moment, I'd like to run something by you. We are a net, we are a net exporter of information. We have to get up out of our chair and go find people to talk to. And when they start coming to you, you know you've got it down. And that happens through relationships. That is so true. And those candid moments when they just approach you and ask for your feedback on something, that starts to show that they're trusting you now uh, to hear from you and get your insights on different topics. And this is such an important goal to pursue, right? Something that we want to achieve. Now, a couple of different things I want you to ask us well related to this, and that is in terms of the, the individuals we interact with, right? Uh, Al, you just mentioned uh, being a CAE and interacting with maybe the CEO or CFO or so. But I'm also thinking in terms of what happens at that operational level where you have the, uh, let's call them, people used to call them auditees, we just call them clients now, but the people that we interact with, and I think it's very important to be clear about the fact that relationships need to be viewed vertically as well as horizontally. So uh, from that perspective then, uh, let me just pick on you, Al, for a moment again as far as that dynamic, because when I'm thinking about how we go about interacting with individuals, sometimes we have that very comfortable or more comfortable relationship at the higher level because we're in corporate and we interact with C-level individuals as well, but at the lower levels, they fear us. So how do you see that working out? And Jamie, I'm going to come to you. You may want to start getting your answer ready too. So, but let, <laughs> Al, let's start with you. Or she can prepare to disagree with my answer. That's cool. Too. <laughs> That so it, uh, let me use an yeah, let me use an example. You know, in, in a prior organization, when I uh, came in as the CAE there, and there was an existing staff, they were so focused on execution of the audit plan that the relationship quotient was exceedingly low, and and it was all good reasons for it. It's not a criticism, but you know where I'm coming from on relationships. So what we did was we sat down with the org chart. And we said, okay, everybody is going to be uh, in the internal audit team here is going to be involved in relationships. And I explained what I meant by relationship building and relationship management and all of that. And we identified who was going to take a lead role with who. Then the follow-on question was, okay, now that we've kind of hit the key people in the org chart, starting from the top down to key operating management, I leveraged their knowledge of the organization and said, who else in the organization are key influencers that may not appear above a certain level in the org chart? And they knew the people well enough that they could say, this person, this person, this person. I said, let's add them to our relationship management program because they were critical to the organization, not by the seat they had in the org chart, but by their ability to be an influencer in the organization. And that became the, the key crux of our relationship management program. That is important because we quite often focus so much on title that we forget about the role and, and the knowledge and the influence that they exert in the organization, knowledge that they carry. So that's a very interesting uh, thing that you did and certainly a very good suggestion for us. So, Jamie, uh, in your experience, how have you gone about uh, building relationships with individuals at various levels? First, I just want to say I love everything that Hal shared, and I think that's such a great idea that he came up with. So at our organization, I think it's really important that for us, we don't like to think of people as being higher level and lower level, even though, of course, there are people who have more management experience and more authority. 
But when it comes to our audit department, we look at everyone as equals. Every person, whether it's the lowest level person in operations to the CEO, they're all equally valuable and it's equally important for us to be building relationships with them. And so to that end, a lot of the things that we do like going to company events, trying to network, we're not just focusing on, on our peers or on people who are above us, we're really focusing on every level of the organization, whether it's somebody who's doing data entry, whether it's our store employees, to our CEO and our C-suite executives. Some of the things that I personally have liked to do are when I see somebody doing a really good job, um, for example, one time I did a, a brief walkthrough with somebody in the service center who was maybe 21 years old and he was amazing. He was so helpful. He was so insightful. He was brilliant. So I sent an email to his boss and I think I actually copied our CIO on it. I like to make sure that I'm passing along praise when I see people doing a really extraordinary job. I've also done things like some LinkedIn series. I did Advent accolades one year where I picked somebody and it wasn't necessarily somebody high up in the organization. It was usually somebody at like a junior management level or maybe even an individual contributor who was doing a great job from what I observed in my audits and from working with them. And I would post on LinkedIn every day, somebody who was really contributing to the organization doing a great job and just called them out and said, thank you so much for what you're doing for our organization. I think that it's great in terms of recognizing people's knowledge and contributions and building that relationship and also bringing others into that circle, because quite often people feel like they're just there working and quite often uh, not being recognized or, or even visible, right, in some respects. So I think that us being able to uh, elevate that individual in that respect, I think it's very helpful for us and also great for the profession. So they see us uh, playing a different role, not just those uh, corporate cop v uh, images that people have been trying to shake off for so long. So I think that's a very good thing to do. So uh, let's take a short break and, and then we'll spend some time talking about how we can go about becoming more proficient in our role as we pursue these goals. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back. And we're continuing our conversation with Al Garin and Jamie Shine as we're talking about how we can go about building relationships, but also how we can become more proficient in our role. And as we were talking a moment ago about uh, that dynamic associated with differentiating the Tyler from the role and the fact that people have different skill sets and how organizations may not be very tall in, in terms of the hierarchy, but the amount of knowledge people have could be anywhere. So we should really look beyond that. Now let's talk about and, and focus on proficiency. One of the things I would like to touch upon first, if I may, is in terms of becoming really proficient in terms of your industry. So how can we go about really building that expertise as relates to the industry where you happen to be an auditor? Jamie, let's start with you. What are your experiences and how do you go about becoming that industry expert? That's a great question. So there are a lot of different ways that I think auditors can approach this. And I think this is one of the great advantages that internal auditors have over external auditors. Obviously we love our external audit friends, but we get to work for the same organization for 
however long we like, you know, 10, 20, 30 years in some cases. And so we have the ability to really delve into one industry, into one organization. Some of the things that we've done when an auditor starts at Quick Trip, they get to meet with the 40 basically highest ranking managers or department heads at the organization and talk to them about how their departments work. So that gets them a lot of internal knowledge before they even start doing audits about Quick Trip. We also subscribe to some publications like NACS, and I'm going to give a shout out to John Tabor, who is actually starting a roundtable group for internal audit leaders in the C-Store industry, which I think is fantastic. So networking with other internal auditors and external auditors, quite frankly, has been invaluable. We have a work program step. So when we start any audit, we do industry research, not just research on our own policies and procedures, because quite frankly, I think just auditing against your own policies and procedures is kind of silly. What if your policies and procedures are dumb, right? Or what if they're not really mitigating risk? And so we make sure that we're doing industry research and that we're trying to understand not just what we're doing, but what are the actual industry standards? And we're very intentional about building relationships outside of our organization. We actually have great relationships with two other C-stores. And so we're able to reach out to them whenever we need and ask them what they do in an area. And then we build a lot of relationships with other IIA members, ISACA members, and as well as some external auditors so that we can reach out to them anytime we have a question or we want to learn more about a very specific topic. Those are great ideas and, and great things to do because it also makes the auditor more comfortable. But I can imagine making those conversations with the clients more meaningful, too, because now you have a running start. You know what's going on in the industry and then you just have to hone in on your organization. Now, how do you go about doing this and, and how can we become more, more proficient and knowledgeable about the industries where we are reviewing uh, our clients' work? I think you just follow Jamie's advice. I'm filling out my application to go work for her right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I can't add to that much more, you know, I mean, but I think that the thing that comes to mind, Hernan, you know, is what is one of the biggest criticisms, whether it's deserved or not, that internal audit professionals receive within the organizations and it's you don't understand the business, Right. You know, and so if it's reality, do something about it. And a lot of what Jamie is talking about is, is great. You just replicate those type of activities in the sector you're in. But if it's perception and you want to just go and puff your chest and say, no, I do understand the that doesn't you know, convince anybody. So if it's not reality, address the perception. Right. Mm -hmm ask people smart questions about the industry. Don't fake knowing something if you don't know it, but ask insightful questions. I was reading the other day, Jamie, about, you know, and I'd love to get your opinion on it. Demonstrate you understand the things that are important to the business and how the business acts within its competitive landscape and within its industry sector. So as we're looking in terms of things like reader, reading material, right, uh, where there's journals and things like that, but we can also work in terms of how we go about getting news feeds. And there are so many different ways we can do it electronically, of course, to help get updated information about what's happening, news in the industry and, of course, of the organization itself. Uh, another thing that comes to mind, and of course, we, we definitely promote uh, the activities of auditors as it relates to going to conferences. I would imagine it's probably very productive also to think about well-placed conferences in your industry that you may want to attend as well. 
to see what are some of the developments and, and things that are happening. And even if you're thinking about solutions to issues, a lot of that may be shared at those conferences and the trade shows and so on. That can also help elevate your knowledge. With that in mind, then, let's talk about professional development plans. Because I think it's so important that we are always looking out for how we can learn more. So, El, what are some of the thoughts that you have in terms of developing that uh, professional capacity and, and developing that plan for ourselves? We need to be strategic with our careers is the first thing that comes to mind, you know. And what it frustrates me, I mean, yes, there are high-quality um, webinars, free webinars out there. But the two mistakes that a lot of people make is the tail starts wagging the dog. I have my certification. I need to get 40 hours. Oh, crap, it's December or I don't have a whole lot of money. And so what's the free webinars that somebody's screaming at me? And then you get through the year, you know, and it's like it's like going to dinner at the buffet. You know, you 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 shove all the food in, and then an hour later you're hungry again because you didn't really benefit by that, you know. And so, you know, it, it's wonderful if you have a boss who is taking a active interest in your professional development plan and working with you to give you the tools, resources, dollars, and, and time you need to pursue it. But it's your plan. It's not theirs. And whatever you know, whatever you learn, whatever certifications you get, go with you. They don't stay with the organization. So we need to take ownership of our plans and we need to be strategic about it because no one else is gonna do it but our, ourselves. Very good point, Al. Very important. Uh, Jenny, what are your perspectives as it relates to that? How can people go about and how do you perhaps personally also develop your professional plan? First of all, I love everything Hal said, and I think that's so insightful. Uh, for me personally, so at my organization, we have quarterly, we call them MBOs, Management by Objective, where we talk about what do you want to be when you grow up at Quick Trip? And then how do you get there? And so my boss knows I want to be a CAE. That's my dream. And so we have those conversations. What skills do I need to obtain to be a CAE someday? And even when we look at things, he'll provide me feedback in terms of, okay, if you were in my shoes, how would you approach this? If you were in my shoes, when you're a CAE someday, how will you handle the situation? So we talked through a lot of theoretical situations. I totally understand everything Hal's saying about how budget can be an issue. You. And so I've had to be pretty creative in getting myself the training that I need. My company is obviously so supportive and they're absolutely amazing. But there are times we just can't afford things. And so I've done things like becoming a volunteer facilitator for the IIA, which means I earn training credits so I can go to trainings I need for free, which is wonderful. Uh, a long time ago, I wanted a bunch of audit textbooks from the IIA. And so I wrote CIA exam questions and then I earned the free textbooks for my department from that. And so I think even if your organization doesn't have a huge budget, there's always a way to get the training, to get the opportunities that you need. Sometimes it involves being very creative and thinking outside the box. And quite frankly, sometimes it involves paying for things yourself. Sometimes it involves going a little bit outside of the norm. But if you're really dedicated and you love this profession, you'll find a way to develop yourself and to really work towards your goals. I love your ideas. I think they're so creative. 
And, and definitely something that we should all consider because not only are you learning something, uh, you know, in terms of uh, what you're learning, but you're also giving back, right? So uh, it's a, I, the way I'm hearing what you're describing, it, it sounds like a very unselfish thing as well because you are also giving as well as you're receiving uh, when you're doing this. Now, when we're thinking about all of these different dynamics, I think that this is going to help us tremendously in terms of how we can go about being more knowledgeable because you're now thinking long-term, you're going to act also short-term as you move in that direction, you're going to be very proficient in your role. And then of course, you're going to be able to build those relationships and make them stronger and sustainable. So thank you very much. I really appreciate your insights and this has been a great chat with you. Thank you.